Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Podgo provides podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co or p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And if you go there, be sure to add Fables Around the Table in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Today's episode is going to pick up right at the end of the first round. So if you haven't listened to episode one yet, I would really suggest starting there um, and then come to this one after you've heard that already. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the episode. So that is the first round. Um, the last thing we do in the round is establish a legacy. And the person who um, does the legacy is the person to the right of the focus, which in our sort of like figurative table order would be Chelsea. So, oh, right. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the idea of the legacy is it's sort of like something that you want to kind of hold on to and flag as something of interest um, for the, like sort of moving forward in the future and let people know that it's something that's cool and interesting. And also when you pick a legacy, you can either create an event or a dictated scene um, based in some part on the legacy you choose. So what legacy do you want to go for, Chelsea? Well, I'm looking over all of the uh, things that we put in and I think one of the really neat themes that kind of travel through all of them are the, uh, like, the dangers of magic. So I think it might be neat to kind of remember that so that that doesn't get, you know, lost in all of the, the extra stuff we're putting in. <laughs> okay. And I think what I'd like to do is perhaps put in a dictated scene okay and i'm actually gonna look at the rules again to make sure i'm doing it correctly <laughs> <laughs> uh, this game has like no rules but so many pages <laughs> <laughs> no rules just right okay so i think what I'd like to do is in the event that is from the magic from the Dragon Wars is reactivated, destroying Mystia again. Okay. I'd like to ask another question. Okay. That is, how did this? How did reactivating the magic, uh, begin the conflict with, um, the technocrat society again? Okay. Is that? Is that clear? Yeah. <laughs> or should yeah. I rephrase yeah. that? Okay. No, that's a good question, I think. Yeah. Then I will uh, write that down. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just smashed my book onto my keyboard and just destroyed everything. <laughs> well, why did you do that? <laughs> what, you did? Am I not getting, like, live updates? 
Uh, it was at the very top of the page, so it probably is. Okay. <laughs> Fuck this Google Doc in particular. Yeah. <laughs> but remember how I couldn't do equals before? There were so many equal signs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Overcompensating. I'm not clear if technocrat is the correct term for that, but that is the one I am choosing now. to use. Yeah, <laughs> go with it. Um, and... I suppose that would end up being a dark period since conflict. <laughs> yeah. I mean, depending on how you want to see it. Um, but yeah. Um, so what happens is... Um, so our friends, Celine, Rebellious, and... Oh, fuck. What was his name? <laughs> Ingram. Ingram. Yeah. I'm so happy you guys can remember names. I'm so bad at character names. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They're all standing, like, outside of the the source of the magic, right? The the, the nexus that they're trying to duplicate um, so that they can reinsert the magic back into the world. Um, And they're able to um, teach Celine because she's the youngest, so she still has, like all of the life magic in her body and stuff. Um, or just like, you know, she's the most powerful just because she's the youngest so has the most potential, I guess, is a better way to phrase that. Um, and as she's working to, uh, you know, conjure and take this magic into, into her body and try and figure out how to spread it, um, behind her stands the, uh, the, the same mysterious traveler man that showed up years and years and years and years ago. Um, and uh, Rubilius and uh, Ingram are like watching and, and waiting and hoping that this works. Um, and as they, they watch uh, Celine, she suddenly, uh, there's like this big pulse that goes through the room. And she collapses to her knees, crying. Uh, and she's like, Oh no, something has gone wrong. And very quickly, uh, they receive information from outside. One of their, uh, like, fellow mage, uh, higher-ups come in and they're like, Guys, serious problem. Let me tell you what happened. And they explained that it has been received that, or has been made known that somehow one of the major technocrats has been killed by a powerful surge of magic. Um, and Rebellious turns to Celine, who is now just like distraught and crying, and Celine's like, I know what happened. I'm the one who killed her. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's pretty. I think that answers the question. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's how the conflict starts. I dig it. So then the answer is accident. How do I spell? (laughs) Spelling is hard. It is. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, that's my scene. Okay, I really like that. I think that is cool and interesting. Um, and the legacy was, um, the dangers of magic, which actually was our focus. So that's interesting. 
but I like that. Yeah. Okay, so now it is um, Cliff's turn to be the focus. Um, do you remember how that works, Cliff? Uh, yeah, I've got the uh, thingamabob here up okay. in uh, up in the who's-a-what's-this. All right. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, well, okay, so you're the lens and you'll determine the focus. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Lingo uh, is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to kind of do a thing for the uh, for the focus of this round. I am going to do as my focus the legend of two lovers. Ooh. Okay. And uh, for my first two pieces of that, I believe I'm going to take the option uh, to do uh, the nested items. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put it under the uh, first part, the the first part of our history, because I want this to ideally kind of have a rippling effect, obviously becoming like a thing of legend. Okay. And so what I'm thinking for the event is uh, going to be uh, the discovery of an old text telling this story after a, uh, I suppose like a uh, modern day unintentional reenactment happens. Like this has been like, it's a prophecy that's been rediscovered that uh, has kind of kicked off the next age of this, of this, uh, this struggle between the magic and the technology factions of the world. Ooh, okay. This is going to be the reason Link and Ganon keep having reincarnations, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Have to save Hyrule again? (laughs) How does this keep happening? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so cleaning it up. Discovery of a prophecy that had been long forgotten, tying the ebb and flow of magic and technology to each other. Okay. Hmm. So, I suppose the scene in that will be asking the question of what is the prophecy exactly? Okay. And... uh, for the scene, I think I am going to have the requirement of the grief-stricken lover of someone who just passed. Kind of a Romeo-Juliet situation. They are on the... Uh, they're on the magic side and their secret lover on the technological side had just passed. And I like the idea of it being a higher-up person that was having this secret affair. So let's go with uh, the other requirement is uh, the advisor 
to that uh, grieving uh, person. Okay. And, like, where are they and what are they doing? Um, I suppose they would be just uh, inside their uh, estate, just kind of trying to hide their grief because they're not technically able to uh, really show okay. it because it was a secret lover. Okay. Is there, like, a particular part of the estate they're in? Um, um, like a private study or something? I think, yeah, I think study would be good. That would okay. lend itself to finding, you know, possible oh, yeah, writings yeah. of the proce- prophecy. Okay. okay. Okay, so we've got the, uh, and is is this, uh, the grieving person you're required, is she, like, the lady of the manor, or is she, like, just an important person, like, um, or can we kind of figure that out as we go? I mean, it isn't. I think it just has to be somebody who's high in the uh, magicrat nobility. I like the idea of it being uh, the wife of Lord Randall, since they were kind of portrayed as a not really interested in uh, Lord Randall at this point. So it would make sense to me that they would have uh, a lover on the side, but it doesn't have to be. Okay. I like that. I think that makes sense. Okay. We can connect the events. Yeah, okay. Okay, so we're at the Randall estate now um, mm. in a scene between um, Lady, what, what was her name, Annabelle? Annabelle, yes. Yeah, so Lady Annabelle and her most trusted advisor, and she is grieving um, the death of her secret lover, who was a leading, like, technologist. Also, I think I'm going to, I hadn't changed the color yet on our Google Doc, but I think I'm going to make it a dark event because I feel like okay. the way it's set up currently, it kind of lends itself to being like a tragic prophecy. Like if since okay. it's got that Romeo Juliet to uh two family vibe to it. I mean right. it could be a dark event, just like as a possibility. It could be a dark event but a uh light scene. Yeah, well we can decide what the scene is after we play it too. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we pick character. Yes. Okay. Nick goes first. Yeah, Nick. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Um, 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 um. So, so it's just, uh... I mean, those are just the, yeah, the, just the two required characters are, uh, Lady Annabelle and her advisor. But there can be more in there. Right. Okay. Um, I'll do the advisor. Okay, I guess I will reprise my role as Lady Annabelle. <laughs> All right. Tom, who would you like to be? Yeah, I am going to take on the role of Time, and I am going to be um, that Lord Randall is unsure where his wife has gone and has sent um, his, um, his like manservant to go around and try and find her. So he's kind of like going around, like knocking on doors, trying to figure out where she went. Ruh <laughs> <laughs> And I am going to watch my puppets dance. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, well, oh no. Well, no you, um oh no no we we have the wait, do we get the advisor? Yeah, I'm the yeah. advisor. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So we got both characters. Okay, okay, cool. Alright. Um so now we uh reveal thoughts. So, um, 
Nick, what is the advisor thinking about? Um, I think the advisor is obviously, um, obviously wanting to console like Lady Annabelle. Um, it has been doing, you know, because I, I picture the advisor as uh, kind of a scholarly gentleman. Um, and, uh, given, given the grief that Lady Annabelle is feeling, I feel that he has been, um, looking for, I guess, answers, um, that may be able to, uh, help assuade her grief, um, or maybe try to put some sort of positive uplifting spin on it to help her cope and help her move on. So, uh, he's been, he's been researching various, you know, things, um, just, just, even if it's just antidotal, like, antidotal to, you know, kind of help get over her loss, I guess. <laughs> Okay. Why are there no books on grief in this library? <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I ask a question about the advisor? Sure. What's his name? That is a good question. <laughs> Uh, fantasy name generator. Let's see. Uh, his name will be. Um, man, now I feel bad that all my characters are like Susan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his name will be. Um, Dedrick. Dedrick. Okay. okay. I'm going to forget that, so... <laughs> Dedrick, okay. So, Lady Annabelle is very clearly distraught. Uh, she is very used to cheating on her husband, very clearly. Uh, but she's never had to actually, like, lose a lover in some way. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, or at least out of her control, I suppose. Like, she has always been the heartbreaker in every situation, so having her heart broken is a new experience to, to Lady Annabelle, and she is not about this life. <laughs> um, and upon seeing that Dedrick is, like, thinks there might be some kind of solution in, in these books, she is also, like, destroying them with tears and trying to help she's not she's not helping to be clear but she thinks she is mm. <laughs> uh so that's about where lady annabelle is okay does time get to have thoughts? time doesn't really have thoughts um i'll just kind of jump in <laughs> um when and as i feel is appropriate to sort of okay. push things along and sort of introduce new stuff but no i don't really have thoughts as time um, so then we begin? Yeah. So I imagine in this library there's, like, a chase lounge or something like that, and Lady Annabella is, like, lounging on it very dramatically, crying into her shoulder. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna have, uh, like, Diedrich, like, re-enter the scene as if he, he had stepped out for a moment. Uh, and he's, um has a couple books under his arm and under the other arm um, a saucer with a cup of tea on top and he sets it on the end table next to Lady Annabelle. Oh, thank you, Dedrick. It is the least I can do. Have you discovered any interesting notes in my brief absence? I've 
I've been trying to read them as best I can, but it's so hard to see anything through these tears. <laughs> uh, I understand. You mustn't force yourself. Yes, but I feel like I I really owe it to him. I I understand. I did find one thing of note. Um, he says, setting down the books and but picking up another an, an old tome, not very thick, but uh, you know, old leather bound um, with very intricate uh, like markings pressed into it, like you know. Uh, the kind of like uh, like curling, weaving ivy and uh, that sort of thing, like a design pressed into the leather-bound cover. Ooh. Uh, and he says, I'm not sure what use it is, but it was a story that um, may, at the very least, make you feel better of the time you had. He kind of says with an expression of like it. I know it's not much, but maybe it's something. <laughs> uh, she she takes the book and kind of like very dramatically feels the the etchings into it. Uh, what what do you think this is? It's it appears to be early musings of the nature of magic in this world. Best I can tell through my brief skimmings. Magic can have many sources of varying degrees of power, but one of those sources is the entwinement of two souls. When a connection is so great, it generates a tangible, magical connection. Uh, well, that certainly does sound like... Uh, what do I want to name this lover? <laughs> <laughs> uh... I kind of just want to name him something stupid like Greg. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steven. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, sure, we'll roll with that. That that does sound like the love I felt with Steven. Indeed. What's other? What's also interesting here is that when such bonds grow in strength. When they're severed, it can cause actual, tangible effects on the world. I don't understand exactly how these things work, but when something as important, as powerful, as strong as a bond between two entwined soulmates breaks, it's like that potential magic energy releases sometimes violently um, it's frightening but also on a certain level inspiring that there's so much power there in such a strong love I see that so, sounds almost <laughs> that, that sounds almost like something we'd make up in stories from long ago <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> All right. At that point, you hear a commotion in the hallway um, and, like, the sound of knocking. You can hear it coming from, like, a ways down the hallway, but what you sort of pick up is that the manservant of the house is, you know, knocking around on different doors looking for Lady Annabelle and saying that uh, Lord Randall is, you know, requesting that she attend him in his uh, 
in, in we'll, we'll say in the dining room or whatever. But basically, he's like going around looking for her, and you can kind of hear him coming down the hall, and you feel like, you know, you're gonna have to put yourself together and, you know, pretend like everything's fine in a few mm-hmm. minutes here. Right. And yeah. Annabelle says, "Well, fuck." <laughs> yeah. Diedrich Diedrich says, um, "Perhaps we'll have to continue this conversation another time, but." If I could say one more thing, if what's in this book is true, it makes me wonder what a, such a strong connection that you had, what mark it may have left somewhere on the world when it was there. Perhaps it was something good. I could. What good could come out of, of losing someone so wonderful? According to this book, the severing of such bonds the results of such powerful connections can do anything. Carve canyons, raise mountains, level cities. Good, bad, who knows? It's something awe-inspiring to think of, though, don't you think? Yes, that, I suppose that is true. Just think, the love that you've shared with Stephen may have carved a beautiful canyon somewhere on the other side of the world, raised a mountain, created a beautiful waterfall. To think we truly created a monument of our love. Perhaps. You hear a knocking on the door of the study um, as the manservant calls, Lady Annabelle, are you in there again? (sighs) Yes, dear. Give me but a moment. Of course, of course. The uh, the Lord Randall has requested your audience in the dining room, though, so you know how he can be sometimes. Um, just... Yeah, okay, okay. He, he clearly doesn't want to, like, bust into the room, but he's also, you know, clearly a little right. fidgety and nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dear, I am, I am well aware of that man's temper. Perhaps you shouldn't leave your husband waiting. Yes, um, I suppose so. Please do whatever you can. Thank you for everything, Dedrick. Of course, my lady. You don't know how much this eases my heart. I'm glad to hear it. Um, and she takes one last look at the book, and then she leaves. Alright, and I think that gives us an answer on uh, what the prophecy is for the most part i think that uh i yeah it's i don't think it's a prophecy in the literal sense but i think it definitely like sets up things yeah i, right. fe- I feel that, like i guess in a loose interpretation can be in... okay yeah, I, I feel <laughs> okay. like it's just uh less of a prophecy it ended up being in more of like uh like repercussions of um what happens when uh the bond between two deeply entrenched souls is severed, it can create world-shifting events. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah. If we wanted a, uh, if we wanted a more specific prophecy, I was going to do something at the end, but, uh, I like just that. If that, if that jives with, um, yeah, I think we, uh, I think we can let Cliff kind of decide if he thinks the question's been answered. Got it. Uh, I, I like that that's sort of, like, it's vague, but specific enough where, like, we can do, like, lots of stuff with that. Yeah. 
And I think that scene did end up going for the uh, more positive. So, hooray, we get Yay, a we little more yellow in this <laughs> document of grays. Our, yeah, our timeline isn't as dreary. Yeah. <laughs> our big depressing <laughs> war story. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so that's Cliff's turn. Um, Nick, it's your turn. And the focus is the legend of two lovers. The legend of two lovers. Um, hmm. What do I want to do? The options are limitless. <laughs> I know. It's so intimidating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't pick wrong. <laughs> um, I kind of want to like, uh, kind of build off of th- what we just established, but not necessarily in the same like era or event um but like you know still exploring that theme a little bit i'm thinking about putting a um putting something in the dragon wars where almost the soul magic is like weaponized somehow Ooh. let's see what do we got uh we got the Purge of Worms, which was technology striking and eradicating the dragons. Um, and then new new dangerous magic is dispatched. Um, huh. I almost want to put like maybe a scene in the in that new dangerous magic is dispatched that destroys Mystia. Um mm-hmm. and like kind of define it as like it was something to do with this like harnessed like soulmate magic somehow but i'm not okay. sure what form that takes um do you would it be an event or would it be a scene within that event i was thinking it'd be a scene within that event or it could i guess the discovery of this could be an event of its own that happens before that event yeah yeah it could be either way or if you wanted to make the discovery a scene, you can nest that inside the event, and it's just sort of like the events can kind of telescope a little bit based on how much you stuff in them. Um, hmm. I think. Okay, I think I know what this is. I I think this is going to be an event in the um in the of uh, a scene within the event of new dangerous magic is dispatched to combat the new tech in the war. And, uh, and as a result, the city of Mystia is accidentally destroyed. And um, I think this scene is going to be, um, there is the discovery of a crystal cavern that was created um in the severing of a soulmate bond and it is found that the crystals harvested from this uh the crystals harvested from this cavern uh can be used to imbue weapons with magic and i guess the question is what happened to this cavern that led to mystia being destroyed is that too vague or does that work i think it can work i think that's yeah, I think that's yeah. fine. So the question is, what happened? You say what happened to this cavern or in this cavern? 
I, I guess I guess either. What happened in this cavern that led to the destruction of Mystia? Okay. What happened about this cavern? <laughs> <laughs> Something with this cavern led to the city of Mystia. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> How did? So, and I think the the two required characters, I think, are a um a something of like a like a magic smith that is an expert okay. in forging weapons with this material and perhaps another that is um sort of like a miner type character of sorts that uh is there literally to excavate um and okay and question then, is it is it minor as in small or minor, minor as, as in like, like he's got a pick fork or a, yes, a pickaxe? The latter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what they call it in this world. They just use a big fork and just kind of get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I'll learn what words are. <laughs> um, okay. So those, those, I think those are the two required characters I'm going to set. Um, so... Uh, then I suppose I would like to be the miner, the miner miner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I guess it's me. Um, I will be this uh, like artificer mage smith character then. Okay. Cliff, what do you want to be? I'm going to say that I want to be a more scholarly adv- uh, assistant to the uh, artificer type person and you know be there just trying to help almost like as a uh, magic intern for them right oh god i have two supervisors nobody wanted this <laughs> <laughs> all the micromanaging <laughs> yeah how many mages does it take to get a crystal out of a cave? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And then I think I'm going to be time. Okay. I think um, during this exchange, I think the forces of the technocrats have discovered this location and its, you know, tactical importance for the other side. And are marching on its location. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. All right. Um, You want to reveal thoughts, Chelsea? Um, My character, whose name will be... I don't don't fucking know. Why am I so bad at names? (laughs) Fantasy name generator. (laughs) Uh, We'll call him Lucas. Okay. Lucas is very upset that he'd have two supervisors here. Uh, He knows they are generally important people and are pretty much weak sauce boys. So knowing that this uh, army is potentially encroaching on them is like, I'm going to be the one defending these two old folks and it is not going to be good. We are all going to die here. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Okay, so you know the army's coming. Okay. Um I think that sort of establishes we all know the army's coming. Okay. Right. Okay. Or at least that's what I was... That's what you're... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am next. So, if it's okay with you, Nick, I'm actually going to gender bend this character. Um, I, I did not define a gender. You can do whatever you'd like. Okay. Um, so, I this is going to be Elena, um, Master Artificer. 
Uh, <laughs> and she is um ex- she is ambitious and cutthroat and all she cares about is like advancing her art and her power um so she is just laser focused on collecting as much of this crystal as she can and getting out before the army arrives um and she is helping the miner here um essentially locate the most um useful like veins of crystal by reaching out with her innate magic to sort of feel like the pulsing of the crystal embedded in this cave and like looking for sources of power okay okay i believe that uh ogden fell uh precarious the third is (laughs) is a a bit of a worrywart, but at the same time, I think in this moment is justified in that because uh, Ochtenfell recognizes that this these crystals are volatile, they have immense power, but they have to be harvested carefully, otherwise they could have a poor reaction that could... Uh, not end well for anyone in close proximity. Uh, he's not sure what kind of reaction they might have, but from everything he studied, it's not going to be good, and he feels that Elena is too headstrong in this moment. Like, he, Ogdenfell understands the severity of the situation and everything, but also recognizes... Elaine is laser-focused on getting this stuff out, and he feels like she isn't taking into account the fact that uh, we could we could blow up if uh, <laughs> we aren't careful with it. So, so Ogden is the magic OSHA guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. These guardrails need to be four inches taller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um... I'm going to kind of kick us into the actual scene, unless someone else wanted to do um, something specific. No, go ahead. Okay. So, Elena is um, standing there in this cavern, um, and she is... Her eyes are closed, and she has her hands, like, sort of at her sides, but, like, out slightly. And you can feel (laughs) almost like a tingling, rippling sensation, and the effect is almost visible as she's, like, pushing her magical power out and as it does so um veins of otherwise ordinary looking crystal start to like like sparkle and glitter and like fluoresce in like strange unearthly colors um that seem almost like impossible and yet you're seeing them somehow (laughs) um so she's doing so so go ahead I, I don't mean to interrupt you, no. but with your description with her standing with her arms out out to her sides, I'm just imagining imagining her T posing in dominance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and suddenly her eyes snap open as she feels um, a vein of magical power um, greater than any she's felt so far. And she says, quickly, this one over here. And she points sort of 
back deeper into the cavern and starts walking that way, sort of power, basically like a sort of aggressive, no-nonsense power walk as her artificer <laughs> robes flutter behind her. I love her. <laughs> uh, Lucas we follows can. behind. <laughs> yeah. Lucas follows behind and he's uh, like kind of like shoulders bunched up. He is very nervous about everything right now and it is very clear. Um, and as he walks by, some of the other um, crystals are kind of like picking up on his like abundant nervous energy and seem to be like flickering on and off. Uh, Elena, I, I obviously don't mean to question you. You are of a uh, much higher station, but given all the reports that we've received from uh, the military personnel, uh, shouldn't we go for trying to get more of the closer crystal? Uh, it, it seems that the, the vein you found, it's going to take some time to get it out. And I, I, I just I just worry that if we're reckless in trying to get that stronger vein faster, that we are missing out on an opportunity to have you know, a little bit more of the lower powered crystal. Bah! We don't need those lower powered crystals. We're trying to end a war here, not make toys for your kids. Oh, I, and and I and I understand that, but I'm concerned that if we spend this time to dig further in to get that vein that you found, we won't end up with anything but the enemy at our doorstep and our pants down around our ankles. We will get this crystal, and it will be forged into a weapon the likes of which this world has never before seen. Do you understand that? You think I... too small. I just hope we have the time to forge it into a weapon. We have plenty of time. We just have to get this crystal out. So as you two are arguing, um, Lucas walks further into the cavern and it kind of opens up into this, like, room uh, part of the cave. And Lucas kind of looks up to the ceiling and points directly up. And he he looks to, to the two of you and goes, Uh, guys, is it is it this one? And on the ceiling, there is this massive crystal, and it is it has this beautiful clarity, and it seems to even be, like, glowing. The brightness within it is, like, really, really strong. Yes, yes, it's that one. We need to get it down, and take it down whole. There's a, a soft rumble, and you hear some distant shouting um, kind of reverberate down the cavern. Um, you see a handful of, uh, like, kind of war mages that were there, kind of stand guard, kind of, um, run in that direction. Quickly, we don't have much time. (laughs) Can you get it down? I'm talking to, uh, Lucas now. Right. Uh, uh, he kind of looks around and there are some, like, not crystal rocks in, in this cavern, and he, he kind of scratches his head. Uh, yeah, I think I can, uh, put them all together and, and get up there to try and pry it out. Do you start doing that? Yeah, if nobody stops him, okay, he yeah, starts yeah, yeah. trying to move yeah, rocks Quickly, around. quickly. Come on, come on. We don't have much time. <laughs> yeah, so so he goes and he arranges the rocks in with his, I'm assuming, some kind of like magical enchanted pickaxe or some other rock-prying sure. tool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, gets up there and is working directly underneath it to try and like pry it out. All right. Okay. I, I do not care for this. I... Uh... Uh, you see, uh, Ogdenfell, he's going around trying to find other things to 
try and stack as well to get up there so that you know it he might not be all for getting this crystal in itself but he's going to still follow orders and try and like hold the crystal so that when it does come loose it doesn't just fall to the ground okay um, and as Lucas is uh, trying, like, picking away at the rocks around this thing, uh, it's revealed that this thing is, like, bigger than they even thought. It's embedded so deeply into the uh, the wall that as they're pulling away rocks, there's just more of this crystal. Uh, um, there is another, another rumble, this time a little bit closer, and it shakes the cavern you are in, and this large, uh, this large crystal above shifts slightly. Ooh. Um, Elena actually, like, sort of winces and groans a little bit, and she says, Damn, they broke through my magical defenses. We don't have time for this. And she reaches up with one hand towards the crystal, and you just feel this pulse of energy, and the crystal starts glowing, like, really, really bright. And Elena is reaching out with her magical powers basically to try and pull this thing out um but as she does so she suddenly feels instead of her pulling on the crystal the crystal starts pulling on her not physically but like in her mind in her magical senses and (laughs) what you see is that um suddenly um the artificer her eyes turn black and her skin goes like gray as though like the color itself has been sucked out of it and you see this burst of rippling iridescent energy come from her fingertips as though it's being sucked into the crystal and um, what Elena feels in her last few moments of life is the crystal forming a connection with the nearest magical nexus and in fact becoming a new magical nexus and it's using essentially her magical senses and its magical power to reach out and form this connection and the node is connecting to the node underneath the city of Mystia bursts a light with a hundred times the power it usually sees and she can feel this energy flowing through um, and then she dies (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I'm sure the other two look over to see her uh, if you could confirm that or not but Lucas definitely looks down and sees her just turn gray and then presumably collapse (laughs) yeah she just just sack of potatoes uh and being up close to the thing uh lucas probably also feels like the the energy coming from the crystal um and he was scared before he is now like full panic mode uh and the crystal is also taking in that kind of like emotional energy right now Mm. uh and it it glows brighter and brighter and brighter and it itself is like shifting and vibrating in in the whole uh, along with, you know, the outside forces and stuff like that, and it keeps wiggling looser and looser and looser until finally it just 
uh, the energy makes it crack three and crash down into the bottom of the, uh, the cave. Uh, creating such a force, uh, causing damage to the thing, and it just... All of the energy comes surging out of it in this giant magical explosion. Okay. I'm pretty sure we've answered the question. (laughs) I think we've answered the question now. Uh, Having established this link to the nexus under under Mystia and the fact that that just happened to this crystal, I think we can put two and two together. Yeah. (laughs) And now for a quick break and a word from our sponsor. I want to tell you about Yubico. Yubico sets new world standards for simple, secure login, preventing unauthorized access to computers, servers, and internet accounts. The YubiKey from Yubico is a physical security key using two-factor authentication to protect your accounts. As more of us continue to work from home, it is more important than ever to protect your secure information. So what can you do to protect your accounts? Yubico is offering our listeners $10 off your next purchase of $100 or more using the code P-O-D at Yubico.com. And that's the code P-O-D at Yubico.com. Say hello to the YubiKey and say goodbye to account takeovers. And while I've got you here, I wanted to let you know a little bit about this episode and some of the people on it. So if you didn't already know, we're playing a game called Microscope by Ben Robbins. All of the music in this episode is original, and it's written and performed by yours truly. Our wonderful cast members are Chelsea Rexinger, Nick Arasiva, and Cliff B. Wilfong. Chelsea is a co-owner of Plot Kindling Candles, a company that specializes in tabletop character-themed scented candles. She also does a lot of the art associated with all of our podcasts here at Derailed. Nick is the DM on the Tales of the Voidfarer podcast, another Derailed podcast that is a Spelljammer-inspired actual play. Cliff is a musician and one half of the nerd rap duo 2D6. He is also the DM on the podcast Taverns, Travel, and Tests, which is a meme and Food Network-inspired actual play. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. We did it. High five. (laughs) I really like that scene. (laughs) (laughs) All righty, so let me... Would you consider that light? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe light in the sense of a characters. blinding flash of magical light, but no, this yeah. scene is dark. <laughs> Poor Lucas shouldn't have been scared. First mistake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we also, just followed Fantasy Osha, we would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Poor, um, oh, fuck, what was his name? Ogdenfell. Ogden. Ogdenfell. Ogden Poor Ogdenfell is just like, man, I don't get fucking paid enough for this shit. <laughs> and now he's likely evaporated from magical energy. Yeah. <laughs> Good news, though. The, uh, the other army went down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We didn't get killed by those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. So I wrote, um... While mining a magic crystal in the cave created by the severing of a soul bond, a large crystal forms a link to the nexus beneath Mystia, and the destruction of the mine leads to the detonation of the nexus beneath Mystia. I think that summarizes that scene. Yeah. 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 I like that. Cool. So then it's my turn again. It is your turn again. Who keeps letting me have turns? (laughs) (laughs) Damn Robbins. Damn him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
So I think I'm going to be lame and make a new event. Do it. Um, and I think what I would like to do is, in the era of Legends, I would like to make a new event after uh, Unity Corp releases their history volume, The Untold Arcane, or The Untold History of the Arcane, uh, have an event be uh, that in the ruins of an old, old city, they found, like, a tomb underneath, like, where they know a village used to be or something like that. And they find uh, the Book of Prophecy mm. from uh, from uh, Lady Annabelle and the other guy. Okay, so they like wrote down something at some point. The book has somehow survived this long. Uh, and this is by, I guess, archaeologists okay. <laughs> would discover something like that. Potentially, yeah. I mean, it... it could also just be like in a library or something but yeah yeah we didn't name that book or anything did we we probably should have <laughs> so th I will. this is the book that they were like reading when they were sitting there in the study right okay boy and that book was already old when they brought it up so mm -hmm. okay. it real old it doesn't have a cover anymore. It's just like the bound pages. <laughs> yeah, all of the like gold printing on the outside to make it super fancy is just gone. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, is Book of Prophecy specific enough that we'll remember what that is, or should I? I mean, I think further. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I will say that is a light event. Okay. If I can remember how to do things, there we go. Bam! Ah. Uh, so that is my turn. All right. Um, I have like a question. Did we establish how um, Lady Annabelle's lover died? I don't. No, we did nope. not. Okay. So I'm going to create an event in our first period here. Um, which is Queen Annabelle the first crushes her husband's forces on the field of battle, cementing her rule of the kingdom or now queendom. Ooh, <laughs> Lady Annabelle. <laughs> and have we established? I guess we hadn't established the name of this kingdom or anything like that. No. No. Um, what's a cool name for a battle? Um, the Battle of Spurned Lovers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Tilden Falls. That in the future is totally going to be like a lover's peak or something uh, like that. <laughs> the Kissing Grove? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's where the fairies used to live. <laughs> I'm going to call it w Walia. I don't know. I like Walia. Okay. I don't know if that's an actual thing or not. Let me Google it real quick to make sure I'm not accidentally... The kingdom of Wah! Wah! Waluigi's. <laughs> okay, I think we're basically safe. There was a King Walia at one point. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> so, Queen Annabelle I crushes her husband's army at Tidlin Falls, 
cementing her rule of the kingdom of Walia. I like that. <laughs> That's very cool. We stand Queen Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's my turn. That's just an event. So now we're back up to Cliff. So Cliff, you get to take another turn with this focus. And once again, you can create two nested things if that's what you want to do. And I think I'm going to. Um, I think... Uh, right now I'm looking just kind of at uh, everything. And it feels like there's definitely a like a big jump to both, like, technologically and lore-wise between, uh, you know, Dragon Wars and the Era of Legends. And there's a lot of space there that hasn't been explored just yet. Okay. So I'm thinking of doing a period and an event. Okay. Um, Would it go before the Era of Legends or after the Era of Legends? Uh, I think I think it's gonna go before the era of legends, and uh, I think that uh, historians looking back on it will call it uh, the the armistice era. I like that. Like it was like after the after the repercussions of the dragon wars and everything. I feel like. Both sides were kind of wiped, so there was just kind of a uh, tentative truce that uh, happened during it. And it's going to uh, overall be a on-the-surface light era of period. And uh, I think the event that happens within this is uh, I'm thinking because we haven't done a whole lot with the uh, legendary uh, weapons or legendary named weapons or anything like that yet so I'm thinking that uh, the event is that uh, maybe some in good faith some of the brightest minds of both sides came together to kind of like this very well could have been the start of the actual peace that led to it, but some bad actors in their own self-interest were sabotaging it. But I think the event itself is um, great minds of both sides come together to form a renewable energy source uh, the unintended consequence being that it's it creates what uh this legendary uh, piece of magical technology, the forge, and brightening up the day. I think that is overall a light event. Now, if people in the future decide to use it for nefarious purposes to craft, you know, disastrous implements. You know, that's on them, but it was intended to be good. Okay. I do want to ask, um, what is the, in your mind, like, what is the connection of this to the uh, two lovers? Oh, it's because it's like the technology and magic coming together, okay. Yeah, like, see, yeah. it's kind of like, 
on that metaphorical level, but I figure, who knows, maybe the people brokering this uh, coming together, they may have been soulmates as well. That could be explored later on. Okay. But, but yeah, it's that idea of the continuous intertwining of magic and technology in a eternal will-they-won't-they they dance. Okay. Cool. I like that. Uh, so then we move on to legacies? Yeah, and it's my turn to do a legacy. Um, so, um, okay. My legacy is going to be, um, the house of Annabelle. Okay. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. I'm going to put an event inside the Dragon Wars era of the, well, okay, so... It's the coronation of Queen Annabelle um, the fifth, um, which doesn't strictly lock us into a time because there could be non-Annabelle people in there. So, mm-hmm. But she's the fifth Annabelle. Um, descendant of Annabelle the first um, is coronated and um, becomes the de facto leader of the uh, technologist of the of the um she becomes the de facto leader of the coalition of technologist nations that is beginning to form Mm. Mm -hmm. interesting yeah i was expecting her to be on the other side but that's interesting i'm gonna make that bright now it is um nick's turn to be the focus so what what was the 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 legacy sorry yeah i need to actually write that down Oh, the House of Annabelle. Okay. Yeah, and what I mean by that is like the the royal house that's formed right. here that right, right, right. persists, or maybe I'll call it the the Annabellan dynasty. Ooh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay. Alrighty then. Um. Okay, I think my focus is going to be. The supremacy of technology. Oh right, technology—that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to hit. We need to get. We need to flesh out the other side of this coin a little that's bit. Fair. I think. And um, let's see. Where do I want to start? So I get to do two things, correct? Yes. You can as long as they're nested inside each other. other. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um. What do I want to do here? Let's see. I'm going to do a... I'm going to do... How about this? Um, Inside of the Armistice Era... Oops. Um, inside of the Armistice Era, I'm going to do... Mm, you know what? I'm going to do in the... Um, I'm going to do in the era of legends an event, um, that, that's going to be the earliest event in that era that we've defined so far. Uh, Unity Corp discovers the abandoned forge as an event. I wish I would have named Unity Corp something like a little less on the fucking nose. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh well, and um, I think uh, the scene in that event 
Um, or what? What if the event is uh, discovers the abandoned forge and finds a way to, um, secretly incorporated into their technology? Okay. Do you think that's is that too much? No, I think it's is okay. that me defining too much for a single event? No, it's okay. Yeah, I think that's fine. So what I'm going for here is uh, this this company who is primarily on the technological side of things is secretly using a magic source to advance their technology. Mm, okay. Uh, and I want to do a scene inside of that event. And um, do we want to do the um, – the the like the process of like them figuring out how to use it to their technology with a question being like how does the forge like augment or how does the forge uh, uh revolutionize unity corps technology yeah does that mm-hmm. sound cool yeah yeah you're in charge dude we aren't allowed i know to tell i you know to do. you're wearing i know the i'm pants. in charge yeah <laughs> it's in the book you're not allowed to ask us our opinions god damn it you have to just well that do doesn't stuff. sound fun at all i want this to be collaborative friends <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do um uh unity corp scientists reverse engineering the forge um to augment their technology and the question is how does the forge revolutionize Unity Corp's technology? Um, okay. And I think the only required, uh, actually, we'll do this. the the required um, The required characters are a Unity Corp scientist and a Unity Corp executive who is okay. there for an update. Okay. And like, where are we? Um, like, what's the sort of like physical setting, and what are we like doing? I, I think this is going to be uh, at a Unity Corp facility. Okay. Where they have relocated the forge that they have found. Okay, so they've like built a facility around the forge almost. Yeah. Okay. And I think like era wise, we are like not in like the cyberpunk era yet. Okay. So it's still yeah. gonna be kind of like like still slightly pre modern. Yeah. But not right. like middle ages. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm getting sort of like like my imagination is going to like kinda like stranger things and like their like secret facility there and stuff like that right yeah i think i think like uh yeah that's that's a good uh i think a good vibe oh and uh i think my event is going to be dark okay 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 and the the question of the scene is um how does the magic of the forge revolutionize unity corp's tech and we are in a facility, a Unity Corp facility, where they've relocated the forge after discovering it. And um, the, the required characters are a Unity Corp scientist and a Unity Corp executive. Okay. Uh, oh, no, I get to go first. Don't, yeah. Who gave me this power? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to be the executive i guess if that if that pleases the court (laughs) yeah all right um i will be the scientist then Hmm. i will be does it make sense to be the forge hmm like do we want to do we want to bring the forge into sentience (laughs) 
I mean, you can do that if you want. Yeah. Yeah, I I have no issues with that. I'm not opposed to the idea, but I know that I'm not the person to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to abstain from the the scene. So it's you or nobody, bud. You know what? Yeah, I will be the forge. Okay. All right. And I and and to put it as you put it, Cliff, I will watch my puppets dance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's reveal some thoughts. Uh, my first thought is fucking grip it and rip it. Boom! Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but the okay, so the executive and her name will be. Her name is Anna. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Is her last name Bell? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, but Executive Anna, and she she does not reveal her last name because she wants to be she wants the air of being like very friendly with all of her employees. Okay. <laughs> uh, she's very much a I wear a t shirt so that they don't are they aren't intimidated by me uh, kind of person. Okay. Um. <laughs> Uh, but she is very excited to have uh, discovered this forge because that means that uh, Unity Corp will only become more powerful uh, and be able to y- use this to uh, in- enhance their influence on things. Okay. Um, the scientist is just this kind of awkward, nerdy ball of anxiety. Um, they're just sort of pinballs around unity corp never quite sure what to do but he's smart enough to make enough breakthroughs that people basically let him do his thing <laughs> um what's his name um he will be rob rob yep rob and anna Good old rob so <laughs> we've we've hit the point where we're not doing fantasy names well anymore. we're in like a modern era right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> So, yeah, I think it is like kind of like middle middle of like the the twentieth uh, century sort of yeah, vibe, yeah. like you know fifties right. and sixties, mm-hmm. you know, pre Cold War, mm-hmm. I guess early Cold I, War. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Rob is here talking to the executive. Um, his latest assignment is to um, be on the team that is investigating this forge and trying to sort of understand how it works. And um, he is becoming increasingly concerned that he thinks the Forge is talking to him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no! And he is working to conceal the fact that he's slowly losing his mind because he doesn't want to lose this job. Um, so he's trying to just sort of hold his shit together, um, and he's not doing a great job of it, but he's here to deliver the latest findings about the Forge to Anna, who intimidates the fuck out of him, t-shirt or not. (laughs) (laughs) And what is the Forge thinking? (laughs) I am the Forge. I have awoken from a long slumber and do not understand what the world that I currently exist in has become. I was born 
of a fusion of magic and technology, and it feels that the world has once again fallen into an imbalance, and I seek to have this Rob explain it to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I love it. Mm. So, d- to be clear on where we are, are we, like, are we, like, by the forge right now? Or are we, like, in a boardroom or something? Or, like, I was thinking office? you're, like, you're, you're near the forge. Oh, we're near the forge. Okay, so Anna has, like, yeah, come okay. down to the forge to talk about yes. this. Okay. Yeah, this is how cool of an executive she is. Okay. She's, like, hands on, wanting to see what's going on. So everyone's, like, ah, yes, you're so involved in your company. All right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> does anyone have something they specifically want to do to kick off the scene? Or I have something I could do, um, but I sort of kicked off the last scene, so I don't want to, like, hog it all. Um, so Anna sees that, um, Rob is, like, very clearly not holding it together. He is very clearly anxious. Yeah. And she laughs and says, Rob, you do such good work. You know you don't have to be that nervous around me. Oh, oh, oh okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rob, honey, no. <laughs> well, you can see here, and he like adjusts the glasses on his face. <laughs> like you can see here, um, you, you can see the the rooms that were placed here along with the crystal. Now this is all, you know, ancient magic. Um, it's not really not really my thing. That's what we've got. And he sort of waves at someone on the other side of the room doing something unrelated. That's, that's what they're over there for. Uh, but, uh, like, it's, it's interesting because we see, um, now this is, like, pretty, pretty old stuff, but, like, there's these, um, pipes we found here running through that, uh, there's a boiler off about 50 meters that way where they could heat up water and send steam through. Um, we're trying to figure out what exactly it does, but we're not really sure yet. Um, we're also a little worried because this boiler over here, you know, it's pretty old and they didn't quite, uh, quite make boilers the same safety codes we use these days. But we're doing our best with it, you know? Uh, telepathically, yes. uh, you hear Rob in your head. <laughs> Who is this being that induces such anxiety within your heart? (laughs) Rob, you see Rob just kind of, like, flinch almost, and he, like, drops, like, three or four papers that are in, like, a folder he's carrying. Let me me just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let me grab these. And he's, like, you know, tries to go grab them, just, like, drops the whole folder. (laughs) It just spills out everywhere. Anna, Anna starts helping him pick it up, and it's like, Rob, it's a boiler. It's not magic. You can calm down. It's okay. Well, I, I know, but I mean, ha- have you, I saw, you know, reading about a guy who, you know, he had a, a hot water heater in his basement and, you know, just boom, took off like a rocket. I don't, you know, I, it, you know, we gotta, we gotta be careful about stuff like, you know. Rob, this place is so run down. I'm sure that will not happen. Okay. I will do everything in my power to make sure that everyone here is uh, safe. Okay. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) She seems to be reassuring, Rob. Why does she bring you such difficulty in explaining your thoughts? You are very intelligent. You have the capabilities to do so. Rob like flinches again, and he's like, "I'm sorry. Can I? Can I have just a, a?" minute here i have to uh and he kind of thinks i have to uh use the restroom and he like runs off 
<laughs> and Anna stays behind and picks up the papers, I guess. And so he's now in in a t- toilet stall, and he like is whispering to himself now after checking that no one is in here. He's like, "Who are you? Why are you talking to me? How how is this happening?" As I have told you, Rob, I am the Forge. I am a entity created in the birth of magic and technology as one. Okay, I mean, why are you talking to me, though? What do you want? I wish to form a connection and understand the world that I have been reawoken into. I have been dormant for many years. Okay, can I ask you questions, though? You absolutely may ask me questions. That is completely acceptable. Okay, so we... What did, What were you made to do exactly? We haven't been able to figure that out yet. I was born to create a power that the world could harness. From what my creators told me, there was much strife in the times before my existence. And I was to be a beacon of what could be accomplished when everyone works together. However, something happened, and my consciousness was put to sleep, in a sense. I I see. Um, what should I do? I I don't know what to do. Rob, honey. <laughs> uh, what is what is the state of the world? Um, can you tell me of the fate of my creators, my mother and father, as it were? Do you have records of what's transpired? Well, I mean, there's... I'm not really a historian or anything. I mean, I know there's, you know, different legends and things, and... It, there's a lot of stuff written down, but, I mean, it, it always seems to me like it's hard to tell what was just made up and what was real. Um, but we do have a few things about you. Um, you know, it, I heard um, from, from our historian who was looking into your history that you were abandoned um, after, you know, there was, there was a falling out between um, some of the uh, technologists and some of the, some of the mages, and they, they started fighting, and ended up abandoning you um, because neither of them were able to like work you alone. Mother and father feared that might happen. Introduce me to your friend, Rob. I would like to connect with them as well. Um, my friend? The one who causes you such stress. Now... No, she's, she's very important. She's not going to believe me, and she will ruin my life, so I'm not going to do that. She's a very powerful executive for Unity Corp, but I'm just I'm just some guy. I can't go telling her that, you know, this magic forge is talking to me. And, I, no, I just, that's not going to work. I'm sorry. But I have communicated with all who've wished to interact with me. I... I wish to understand what is expected of me in this new place. What do you want me to tell her exactly? I mean, can't you just talk to her yourself? 
there is a simple yet nuanced way that connection is formed. As you were, as you were inspecting my form, uh, your hand brushed across a set of runes that allowed this communication to occur. Uh, you would need to uh, have that same connection occur with your friend. Mm, okay. You, you want me to do this? Why, yes, if I'm to... If I'm to... Fulfill my purpose of... Helping to make the world better... I must be able to... Communicate with and understand what is... Expected of me. Okay, well... Alright, 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 okay. So, Rob still... Just this ball of nerves... Um, comes back in the bathroom. Um, is Anna still there? Yeah. Okay. So Rob comes back. I'm sorry about that. I'm. I'm uh, yeah. It's, I. Woof. You don't want to go in there. Why did I say that? No. <laughs> Rob, it's okay. Calm down. Okay. Um. Well, okay. Like, I'm gonna ask you to do something a little weird here. Okay. Is is that all right? You are our expert. I will take your your. Uh, advice into consideration. Okay, well, so there's some runes down here. I'm not quite sure which ones they are, but I think you might need to touch them. L let me look. So, Rob starts, like, kind of poking around, looking at the different runes. Um, and suddenly, um, as he walks past one set of runes, they start to, uh, fluoresce brightly and sort of harshly almost um and he suddenly feels his anxiety almost like drain out of him into the forge ah. and the forge starts to light and all of a sudden he stands up a little bit straight he's like um hi Anna <laughs> I feel um whoa huh are you all right, Rob? Yeah, I think I am all right, actually. And Rob starts to go around, um, and he's no longer vibrating like a tuning fork. He's like, just seems <laughs> relatively normal. <laughs> and he says, oh, okay, right here. Um, Anna, do you think you could touch that for me? What exactly will it do? Um, I'm pretty sure it's fine. That's not the question I asked, Rob. Well, okay, like, I have a theory that's a little bit new and different. I think this forge might have a mind. It has a mind? I think it does. And this sounds a little crazy, but I think it's been trying to talk to me. Oh! I see! And I think that if you touch this spot here might be able to form a connection with you as well. Uh-huh. And why do I need to have this? Well, I don't know if you need to have it, but uh, it I think it wants to have it. And suddenly, like, Rob, like, snaps back, and you see, like, the, the light in the forge sort of, like, dimming slightly, and he starts shaking, and he's like, I... I... What? I, I can't... Well, 
what's happening? How, how did I just do that? How did I just say that? No, 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 no. And he's, like, now holding his head in his hands and, like, <laughs> sort of, like, walking in tight circles, <laughs> having a mild uh, panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, honey, please. Um, Anna notices this, and she kind of smiles to herself and says, No, Rob, I don't think I need to do anything. I think I've seen all I need to see. All right. Did we just answer the question, or are you intending that to keep going no okay, I, okay that that was my intent do we feel like we have answered uh, the question um i i mean i think i think we like implied a lot of things that if, if we're happy with just imp- the implications of um uh of what this forge does for unity corpse tech then that's fine well, by what, me. What, what would your answer be from what we... Actually, we well, let's, let's carry the scene on, because I have an interesting idea here. Okay. Okay. So, Rob will stop panicking for a moment, and suddenly with a look of determination in his eyes, but he's still shaking, he's still nervous. The nervousness hasn't gone. <laughs> Rob has decided to do this despite being nervous. He reaches back out to the forge, and... Um, like, stokes his anxiety and feeds it. And as he does this, he, this time, instead of the anxiety washing out of him, um, he starts feeding his almost, like, limitless supply of anxiety into the forge. (laughs) And he turns to Anna and he says, I think we're going to be able to do big things here. I like that better as an <laughs> Rob's our first human battery. <laughs> <laughs> oh All no, right. did we just accidentally leave the Matrix? <laughs> so, I think... To sort of circle back, I think what we just established is that the Forge is a mechanism for turning emotion into, like, energy that can be used to power things. And that's, like, the uh, renewable yeah. energy source. <laughs> okay. Um, and then that definitely recontextualizes a little bit what, uh, how the Forge fits in with the Legend of the Lovers, because if it can siphon off that extreme emotion, it makes the magic of love all that much uh, more stable. So, so here's a question. Do we think that scene was light or dark? I think it was light. That was my. I think feeling. it was light too. Yeah. Now, in general, uh, the I, I had decided that the event of Unity Corp discovering the forge and reverse mm-hmm. engineering it is in on the whole dark, but mm-hmm. I think that moment feels light to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least for like those characters whose perspectives we were in, it felt light. Right. Right. All right. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the the forge is a device that can turn emotion into energy. Um. Cool. So yeah, that's. That's my turn. I think it's uh, Chelsea's turn now. It is. Um, supremacy of technology. Where do we want to? Where do we want to do stuff? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I don't know what I think. <laughs> we do have some big. Uh, I mean. We're just just pointing out some stuff that you can take or leave. Um, we do yeah. have some like big jumps in our technological development. 
uh, in our in our history because we have all the way up to cyberpunk dystopia and right. uh right now like we have like kind of pre-modern technology that kind of slowly develops from like middle ages type thing up to like you know mid 20th century modern and then we jump to cyberpunk dystopia so there are big gaps in the development of technology right that you could, yeah you could think of filling um if you so desired but ultimately right. it's up to you yeah that's kind of what i was feeling i i kind of want to put a period between the era of legends and our dystopia i'm just trying to figure out what kind of like thing i guess i want to put there um because or I guess the idea I have is I want to put a period that's, like, not necessarily, like, where we are now in the real world, but I'm thinking, like, you know, everyone has started to have technology incorporated into their lives so heavily that they are particularly not able to live without it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to figure out how to phrase that into a period. <laughs> um, I guess it would be something like... Uh, the corporations. Did we come up with a with a, with a silly name for corporations, or are we just still using corporations? I, I don't remember what our like been saying. Is. Corporations, yeah. Okay, I think our our um like corporation overlords have started to uh like I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. My brain is not working. <laughs> um. The, the corporations have developed society enough to integrate their technologies into life so much that uh, normal people cannot be broken away from their, their hold due to their reliance on technology. Mm. Is that how I would... Is that a proper phrasing of this? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that could work. I would, okay. like, I would like to define it as, like, is this... Is this like perceived as like a good time, like before it goes bad? Like, is it, a, yeah, is, it is it like a is it like a modern utopia before it turns cyberpunk dystopia? Um, yeah. So uh -huh. like maybe kind of defining that a little bit, uh, whichever you think. Right. Let me let me start writing this out because once I see the words, I can probably brain better. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying yeah, to like, yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'm just trying to like yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, help organize your thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, because that's it's a mess, believe me. <laughs> okay, so for the people playing along at home, what I have written is, Corporations develop society in such a way that normal people cannot exist outside of their rule due to their reliance on their technologies, making their lives seemingly better. Okay. Do you want to put, like, a little title on it, like we have our other periods? Yeah, uh, let's call this, uh... I mean, I guess we don't have to. The first one doesn't have one, but... Yeah, yeah, it's not, like, right. necessary, yeah. I, I think what you have is, is sufficient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, yeah, I, I think I would keep that as a, as a light period, because mm -hmm. for it's good for everyone. The, the, the normal people are like, yes, technology, I am not afraid to die constantly anymore. And the corporations are like, haha, we have power, and that makes us happy. And everyone is happy for now. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, it feels like this facade of that, like, Star Trek utopia, but there's, like, kind of, like, it's kind of rotten under the surface. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Tom, it's your turn. Yeah. Also, I hope everybody likes my keyboard fully. <laughs> <laughs> that clacky boy. Clack, 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 clack. 
Um, okay. I think I want to create an event in our final period. Okay. Um, which is, um, okay. So the event is basically, um, a, basically a team of, we're going to call them, um, the, the first star hoppers, um, make their, this is basically like this, this team of people makes their first, um, hop across the void of space to another world. That's, that's the focus we've, we've been, uh, we've all been building to Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And that is my turn. That's the whole thing. Okay. So now it's Cliff. Cliff. I was going to do this as an event. Well, I mean, as a uh, period. But the one that uh, Chelsea put in, it definitely fits as an event under that. Okay. Ooh, okay. How we were talking, uh, everything seems fine on the surface. Uh this event is what I'm calling the collection. And it is where, uh, throughout the use of the, the spread of technology, there's been, like, some sort of sensor or something within the technology that basically lets these companies know that somebody has arcane ability and the collection is the uh, mm. snatching and grabbing of them and connecting them to the forge to continue to fuel its power so it drains that emotion that gives them their arcane power and it feeds it to the forge that, oh no I love we that, did actually we did accidentally do a matrix <laughs> 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 or perhaps Soylent Green, if they're all like just scooped up into the I fucking mean, giant trucks. I mean, they're they're alive and they have their own lives within these this facility this facility, but uh-huh. uh, they're either through like collars or something like that. Their emotion that would go through magically uh, is instead diverted to the forge to continue it being fueled. Right. I like that. That is, like, sinisterly dark. Mm-hmm. Bagging and tagging mages <laughs> to hook them up to the forge. So, put neatly, the collection, arcane users are tracked through the common technologies and kidnapped away to be used as a living emotion fuel for the forge, powering the pseudo-utopia of the inarcane. And, surprise... It's going to be dark. <laughs> yeah, that, that, what? that makes no. sense. That makes sense. Why would that be dark? <laughs> <laughs> um, can I... So, the the only slight thing is that I think the scope is slightly too large to be... What, what, I, what I want to shift it to is instead of the event being just the whole thing, the event, can you make it like the founding of this thing? To make it, like, more of a discrete moment in time, if that makes sense. Oh, like huh. the first collection. Yeah, like, or, like, the founding of the program or something. 
the decision is made to track arcane users for as fuel for the uh, forge. Yeah, yeah. Or like like the first round of like like something like that. Like however you want to frame it to make yeah, it a some, little bit something that tighter. makes it a, a definitive like point in time rather yeah. than an era in it, in and of exactly. Itself. Yeah. The idea is still absolute fire, though. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was saying like at first I was thinking of it as a period, mm-hmm. but right. then it just kind of nestled in there real well with what yeah. uh, Chelsea had. Yeah. Right. And I think something that's like useful to think about is that like individual moments can kind of imply a whole lot of other stuff. And that's kind of like, I think a big part of how this game works is like, we can use like moments to say a lot more. <laughs> mm. Right. I am also having a hard time, like understanding the scale of things too. Okay. So I am mm-hmm. also <laughs> in, in the, I don't know what things are, but <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, to me, it was helpful to, like, like, think of it in terms of, like, with an event, you want it to be, like, discreet enough that, like, stuff could come before or after, like, changes the thing you're talking about. Um, right. So I think that sort of, like, on a on a high level, what you want is to leave everything open to be recontextualized. Um, right. So, like, the event, and that's the problem with having an event that goes on too long, is that, like, it sort of is a little hard to, like change it around or have put, it twist and turn right and yeah. put on <laughs> so i yeah. just right. had this uh, wonderful uh visualization of how this all comes together um the 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 uh, period is the hamburger the events are <laughs> the bun the lettuce the tomato the beef yeah. patty and then the uh scenes are the chopping of the lettuce or the slicing of the tomato or the cooking of the burger Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's a reasonable way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now we're back to Nick to finish off yeah. the the round, right? Yep. Yeah. Alright. Um, let's see. I think so we're still dealing with the supremacy of technology. Mm-hmm. Um because that's what I picked. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Let's see here. Who picked this? Yeah. <laughs> Um, huh. See, I was trying real hard to think about it ahead of time, and then that just didn't happen. <laughs> That'll teach you. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, let's see. I think, um, I think I want to do an event in our cyberpunk dystopia that the Unity Corps use of the forge and the operation known as the collection are discovered. Mm. And then an event where a, uh, a group of like activists, like broadcast that information over like the, like, you know, net. Okay. You mean like, like that's the scene. That's the scene. Okay. Okay. So I think, um, I guess you're on the wrong node. <laughs> Am I? Well, you're one level too deep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, I wanted. It. Yep, there yep. we go. <laughs> cool. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's it was the fact that it it, it was on the page break that that messed mm-hmm. me up. Um. All right. Uh, well, that's a page break for you guys. 
It's not for yeah, me. It is for me. It might just be the the view settings that I have. Oh, okay. Uh, right. In my Google Docs. Um. All right, so the event is Unity Corp's use of the Forge and the collection are discovered by mage activists. And we're going to do a scene. I guess this has to be a dictated scene, huh? No, no, this can be a real scene. Oh, it can be a real scene? Yeah, the legacy has to be a dictated scene. Oh, the legacy has to be a real scene, yeah. Mm So... So what is your question? So I think the question is, rather than de- me defining it ahead of time, I think the question should be, how um, how does the activists uh, uh, expose Unity Corp? Ah, okay. okay. How do the mage activists expose Unity Corp? All right. And um, I don't. I think I think we only need one required uh, one required character of an activist, and then we can add more if people want or uh, okay. uh, or that. I'm only going to require one, but and then I'll let you guys do the rest. Okay. Okay. And once again, uh, uh, where are we and what are we doing? So uh, Unity Corps, uh, the the event I picked uh, will be a light event. So um, mm. I guess the scene is. Uh, the uh, activists are meeting after the discovery of this information, and uh, they are deliberating how to expose the company. Okay. And are they meeting, like, at someone's house in, like, I think office? it would be, like, a, a like a hideout or somewhere. Okay. I don't think it's as important. Okay. But... Okay. Uh, then I will be... I don't know if this was the quote-unquote required activist, but I will be an activist that um, is not super magic-inclined, um, but is very sympathetic to, to the magic cause. Uh, and it's probably, like, their their tech person. Okay. I am going to be um, a an undercover agent in service of Unity Corp but he was pretending to be a member of this activist group. And I'll leave it at that for right now. Ba ba Well, I was thinking that I might be time. And there was the activist, whoever activist got the information, they're on the tail of so there's not a whole lot of time to spill the information. But I don't know if that's complicated or not from somebody choosing to be a uh, insider. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you could be... So time is like, what, like police or like mercenaries or something like coming to like kick the door in and shut this down? Yeah, like that's what I'm thinking. Like okay. uh, corporate security is coming. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and uh, I will be. So you said you said your your activist is like more of the tech based. Right. One. OK. Um, I'll kind of be like the I guess the lead one, um, I guess. Uh, or maybe the one who first uh, first recovered this information. OK. Yeah. Um, and then thoughts. Yeah. I have many. Uh, my character goes only by the handle, um, oh, I was gonna, 
I had it and I lost it. That's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> they go by. Oh, what's a stupid tech word? <laughs> I want I want it to be like wrench or something, but like more computer related. <laughs> Firewall. Uh, actually, that's a. Oh, they just go by gate. 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 Okay. Um, and they are uh sitting in this chair that's in front of this uh keyboard that's like a bunch of different keyboards just like duct taped together. Um, it's this very like punk DIY setup. Um, <laughs> there, there's a bunch of monitors. All of them look like they're from different eras. There's like a big uh, like tube monitor beside a flat screen beside like one of those curved guys. <laughs> it's it's a mess. Gates workstation complete mess. Makes no sense, but they understand it completely. Um, and much like their de- their workspace, their thoughts are very disorganized. They are very. Uh, excited that this is going to be the time they're taking down the man (laughs) uh they're very worried for their magic friend who seems very stressed out about the situation and knows that uh when this whole thing goes down they are going to be in danger um they're very worried that you know uh they are aware that somebody is probably, you know, coming even now. They're not sure when or where or how or who, but danger is afoot. And so Gate is, like, tip-typing at their keyboard, trying to, to figure out all of the stuff as fast as possible. Okay. All right. So, um, my character, um, his real name is Edward, but his sort of undercover alias that everyone knows him by is um wedward (laughs) (laughs) um i'm gonna go with um what's like a cool like goth name i'm imagining him like his his like alias identity is like a goth Oh, uh, should I should I pull go go grab uh busy goss versus small goss clove Go Clove. listen to Painted Love. I like that. So, okay, so... Clove? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so... I... Uh. So in reality, he's just a regular middle-aged guy with, like, two kids and a wife. Um, but for this undercover operation, he's in disguise as Clove. He's just this, like, too cool for this world goth sort of person. <laughs> Um, oh my god. And he's definitely got a little bit of like how do you do fellow kids vibe about him. <laughs> <laughs> and he is sitting there um and his main job he doesn't actually have to do anything per se. He's basically here just to know what happens and report, though he has been instructed that if he can like get in there and get them to, you know, get even more aggressive with their plans he should because it'll make it easier to take him down so he's like he has a reputation within the group for being like the sort of like really aggro like always ready to do like the wildest plan um but that's really just because he wants to get everyone out on the ledge <laughs> right um and he also is 100 percent convinced that this collection thing is nonsense um and mm. there's no way that, that this is real. This is, like, the most ridiculous conspiracy they've cooked up so far. 
Gotcha. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I guess I guess time does not have thoughts. Um, Only murder. <laughs> so uh, my character, uh, her name is Nadia. She is kind of this like badass like mage vigilante, who is the kind the leader of this cell of the like resistance movement uh, that is uh, that um, has is called the the Knights of Nerda. Uh, borrowing its name from the old order that used to protect the city of Mystia. Um, it's now a, like a, like a resistance freedom fighter kind of operation um, in, you know, to combat the, the technocrats. So she's kind of the leader of this, this cell and um, has just procured a data drive with information about the collection and the, uh the the research into the forge and what is her she name is, again uh uh her name is uh nadia nadia okay yeah sorry <laughs> and uh and uh she is eager to find a way to reliably spread this far and wide to blow the lid off of the conspiracy and expose unity corp once and for all, once and for all cool okay so uh, I guess the scene starts with uh, Gate tip typing at their keyboard, uh, waiting for Nadia to offer input. Okay. Um, so it's it's the three of us like kind of at this like safe house type type dealio, then, right? Yeah, this is probably like I imagine Gates. This is like where Gate does all their like quote unquote <laughs> hacking from. Uh, so it's probably like. And- yeah, it's it's probably in this, like, shitty apartment complex that looks like, you know, it's been abandoned even though it's full of people. Uh, and everything is lit by, like, LED lights, so everything in this room is, like, glowing blue because it's science. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not the uh, the LED rope lighting you've, you've woven through everything just for the aesthetic of it. It's right. The... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So Nadia is is next to Gate and her her workstation, and she's gonna lean down and say, "I need to know that you'll be able to reliably transmit the data to as many outlets as possible before I give it over. We can't risk this being compromised. This is our one shot." Oh, don't worry, Chickadee. I got this. Um, and uh, uh, she's gonna say, um, "And how long is that going to take?" It's not long before Unity Corp's goons are going to be knocking on the door. Oh, calm, calm yourself, calm yourself. And Gate continues to, to type, uh, and then gestures to like a command prompt, which Nadia probably has no idea how to read. And he, uh, they just gesture, and they're like, "Yeah, look, we we're just about done now. We're almost done. I can get you up on anywhere you want to be." Well, all of the outlets. Major networks, major net, uh, uh, net uh, 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 platforms, uh, any, anywhere. Like I want, I want this thing to show up on uh, people's home security system, like touchscreen panels, their refrigerating cooling panel. I want, it, I want it everywhere. Oh, of course. I'm thinking bigger scale. I'm thinking all of the billboards out there. Perfect. Um, Good. And uh, uh, 
Nadia is going to reach into her pocket and pull out uh, not something that looks technological, like like technology. It's a wooden box that looks like the size of a jewelry rock, jewelry box, basically. Um, uh-huh. uh, wooden with a, a glyph uh, that's glowing on the top of it. And she's going to wave her hand and the, the glyph de- vanishes and she opens it, revealing a small data drive. I, I don't know why, but I was just like, okay, plug this box into your computer. <laughs> <laughs> no. She put it in a box um, that had a ward on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, my brain was just like, how am I going to connect that to a computer? <laughs> the drive is in the box. Clove uh, starts sort of like sidling on over trying to be inconspicuous about it but like getting closer to like the box with the data drive and stuff on it to sort of get a look at it and see what's going on uh gate reaches down to like their tower and pulls out this cord that's been frayed multiple times so that it um it's it's like a hub but it's got like every kind of connector you would want there's even like a u.s old an old school usb hub on this thing (laughs) every dongle imaginable (laughs) Yeah, and much like a janitor, like, uh, looking through his giant ring of keys is trying to find which one will fit this data drive. (laughs) Uh, I think time's going to come in, and you can hear uh, in the not-so-far distance uh, the sound of choppers, and you can kind of see, like, what looks like a light uh, going back and forth across uh, the horizon from it. Fuck. How did they find us oh, so quickly? Calm down. That chopper's here every five minutes. <laughs> did you keep your base here? Why would they look somewhere where crime is always happening? Uh, they they plug the drive in. Clove, what do you, will you calm her down? I turn to Nadia and I say, listen, Nadia, death comes for us all, okay? We just have to accept that darkness within our hearts and embrace it and do what we know is right, even if it destroys us all. Nadia is going to, to, look, <laughs> to, look, to look at Clove and roll her eyes super hard. <laughs> Clove is still sort of sidling closer to the computer, but Clove, um, Clove fucks up because... I imagine you said there are LEDs and stuff. I imagine there's a black light. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And as Clove edges closer, he gets right underneath this black light, and it causes the implants in his eyes that are constantly recording and relaying video data um, fluoresce under the black light. And he does not know this is happening, but anyone looking at him will see very obviously that he has... Um, implants in his eyes that are recording video data, which would, even in the cyberpunk world, be pretty unusual. Yeah. Right. Uh, Nadia, Nadia is going to see that immediately and uh, will uh, immediately uh, cast a spell to thrust him against the wall, pinning him to the wall. Yeah, I'll let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Nadia, what the fuck? And she's going to run up and just clamp her hands over his eyes. Uh, what's going on, Nadia? I can't move. Why are you doing this? Yeah, that's by design. 
and I'm making sure your implant doesn't record any more of what's going on here. My what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, she's, uh... She's as she has him pinned to the wall with her magic and is clevering her eyes with her hand. She looks back to uh, she looks back to Gate and says, "How long is the upload going to take?" Uh, not super long. I can have it done uh, in three minutes. We'll be on every billboard in the city. Uh, time is going to step in. You, uh, Gate, you start getting some uh, alerts from the security system you have connected to it. Uh, you see. Uh, jackboot movement outside of the uh, apartment buildings. Oh, fuck. Uh, Nadia, you know anything about invisibility or some bullshit like that? Uh, uh, I can, uh, I can try to misdirect them. Anything will be good. And Gate starts, like, tip-typing as fast as they can. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Clove. Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. So... Nadia was in the process of uh, of pulling a knife out of the holster on the back of her belt, and uh, she is going to um, uh, hold it up to a node's neck, and then uh, with her other hand, going to uh, concentrate and cast a spell to try and um, make it seem as if the like apartment door uh, that they're in is like on the other like like illusory change the numbers in the hallway so that uh perhaps the the strike team is confused and goes to the wrong floor or goes to the wrong apartment and she's going to turn back to um turn back to clove and say now tell me honestly is your node transmitting or recording um clove um sort of looks like he's go he's like gonna keep the ruse up but then just drops it um and he clearly kind of like changes his demeanor all of a sudden he's like okay fine no it's not transmitting um gates you know countermeasures here are too good for that i'm just recording i'm supposed to send it back to them when i'm done here good then you won't mind if i remove it <laughs> that would be unpleasant for both of us i feel Listen, oh, listen. No, just for you. No, l listen. Okay, like, like they're almost here. You know the jig is up. But you're good kids. L listen, here, here's, here's the deal. <laughs> you know, I'll, you know, I, I'm, I'm an important person over there. They know and respect me. You know, I, I'll, I'll go and I'll tell them. Listen, these are good kids. They're just, you know, doing what they think is right. Let's let them off easy, okay? We can all, we can all come out of here just fine. No one needs to have significant chunks of the eyeball removed. It's all good. Nadia, Jesus Christ, are you using a knife? Yes, I like to be versatile. God, what fucking year do you live in here? And uh, they reach into their desk drawer and pull out, like, this giant fucking taser <laughs> and tosses it to them. I don't I don't know if this is better. Uh... <laughs> Zap him with that and that'll short his eyes and then we won't have to hear him scream about it. <laughs> Fine. And how long is that upload going to take? One more minute. Um, yeah. And I think I think uh, Nadia is going to pick up the taser and, and just zap you with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the I'm going to say that the taser zapping actually activates 
some active countermeasure implants that Clove Good. has had installed. <laughs> so what happens is that the um, the countermeasures activate. Um, what are they gonna do? Um, and then everyone explodes. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's not. Gonna, so what happens is. Um, there's a powerful burst of electrical current that starts running along the outside of Clove's, Clove's clothing, uh, which has been wired with wires. <laughs> with science. Yeah, to, to do that. <laughs> so what I'm wondering is, is Nadia touching, like, Clove's arm or something while she's doing this? Or is she, like... So she was using her magic to pin him to the yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah. But she did have, like, the knife against his throat. Threateningly. Uh, okay. Um, so I don't think it's like full enough contact that she's gonna get like super super zapped, but it's probably going to surprise her and like have her like lean okay. backwards. Here's what I think happens: is that it zaps Nadia, and you can veto this because I can't tell you what your character does, but I think it's uh-huh. interesting. But uh, it zaps Nadia, and she actually seizes up for a second. And in that moment, involuntarily stabs Clove straight through the throat. Okay. No, I like that. <laughs> uh, Gate jumps out of, up uh, in their chair. Nadia, what the fuck? Clove is now just... Uh, well, I guess he's still pinned against the wall, but... Uh, just gurgling. And yeah, he's just gurgling, yeah. and his life is clearly You leaving. fucking barbarian. <laughs> Your fucking taser did this! My taser zapped This is why him. I was using a knife! Uh, yeah, because you live in the fucking Stone Ages. Holy fuck. He must have had some sort of countermeasures. His entire body surged with electricity. Wow. You think? Uh, Time is going to step in, and you can hear out in the hallway the thud of boots. They seem to stop in front of uh, where the door would have been, and you can hear some murmuring, and they... Uh, sounds like they're moving down the hallway, but uh, who knows how long this illusion is going to last given the uh, very sudden shift in things going on inside the apartment. Right. Um, yeah, Nadia is going to turn uh, turn to Gabe and say, finish the upload. I'll see if I can dig out his implants drive. So at the very least, they don't have the data he recorded. Gate gestures to the computer, and it's got, like, a, a, a giant, like, Cowboy Bebop Ed-style, like, success window pop-up. <laughs> uh, and they say, I don't think we got time for that. I think we should split yesterday. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, right. Does that answer the question? But that answers her? Yeah. 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 Nadia, Nadia is just going to stab him in the eye then to at least try to damage the internet <laughs> right. before they fuck Rude. <laughs> but yeah. All right. He's already dead. <laughs> we needed to destroy the evidence. Um... <laughs> well, if you just zapped him correctly the first time, geez. <laughs> Magic and knives. That's all I need. Uh... <laughs> um, cool. Uh, I, I like that scene. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. So then the answer would be uh, they expose them by putting out like the information, like I'm assuming like photos and stuff, yeah, out on um, like all of the billboards in the city and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So broadcasting evidence on all 
So we also want to say like it was across the net and everything. Uh, yeah, I would say that it doesn't like go farther than the particular city we're in, though. Okay. Like, like there's probably some kind of like net laws in our dystopian where mm. all of the cities have their own like control based on what corporation is there. Okay. Um, or at least that's what I think. Is everybody happy with that? Or I guess, are you happy with that? Nick? Yeah, that's that's fine with me. All right. So that means we get knight, to the Knights of Nerda Resistance Fighters broadcast evidence <laughs> across the net and all billboards in the city. Oh no, do <laughs> is the slang term for us nerds? Nerds, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Gotta. You can blame Tom for naming the goddess Nerda. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Unity Corp taken down by the nerds. <laughs> <laughs> um, all um, right. So I think it's um, that's the end of the round. So it's Cliff's turn to uh, pick a legacy and do uh, an event or a dictated scene. I think my legacy is going to be the failed piece of the Armistice Era. Okay. And in that, I think I'm going to throw in an event, and um, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to tie in as well to the one I just put up, as well as um, the Annabellan Dynasty. Okay. And I think... Uh, Queen Annabelle the tenth is it's a long line dissatisfied yeah. <laughs> by her family's uh, decreased influence, uh, much much like uh, kind of the Queen uh, Queen of England currently is just is more a figurehead than an actual ruling body, and so they plan a coup against this uh you know coming together of mm. the uh the techno technologists and the magicrats okay should you say stages a coup instead of plans a coup ah uh, yeah that's okay. that, it, that makes it a more definitive yeah moment yeah and then also you do want to tell us um if the coup succeeds or fails uh well i think you know, that's the, uh, I think it's going to be a successful coup. Okay. Because, obviously, we're discussing, uh, the failed piece of the Armistice Era, yeah. so. Mm-hmm. And while it's a light period for the Annabellan dynasty, uh, overall, not that great for the world, so, Dark Era. Alright. A little Dark event. I dig it. Nice. We did it! Alright, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. I'm excited to see what we do next time! Yeah, me too! <laughs> Alright. Um, thank everyone for listening. Um, wait, is there anything we usually need to do before we wrap it up? Eh. Uh, not usually. Okay. Most of um, the plugs happen in the mid-roll. In the mid-roll. Okay, okay. Alright. Right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, have a good one. Bye! Bye. 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 Project